0: revival night three right you never know what's gonna what you're gonna get (laughs) with revival right i mean sometimes we come in here and we sing sometimes we just preach so hey whatever happens happens but i'm glad you all tuning in tonight and uh, i want to talk about a personal encounter with god because you need everybody needs a personal encounter with god and um so we've been on here let's see sunday night monday night This is our third night, and then uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, tomorrow night we'll have a regular midweek service here right at the River Church. Uh, My son, Zach, is the pastor here, and uh, so we'll be right here at 7 o'clock again tomorrow night, so you're all welcome to come down, and then Thursday night we'll be back here with Revival, Friday night back here with Revival at 7 o'clock. And we're really hitting social media. We we're on Periscope and and Facebook and uh, YouTube. But you're also welcome to come and sit in the service. We got people that come and just sit in the service. And last night was awesome. After we went off the air, we uh, just uh, started praising God. We started singing some songs and praying. And it was the presence of God was so strong in this place. So you just never know what's going to happen. We don't have, you know, we don't have a cookie cutter layout here of what we do uh we're here i'm just here to preach the gospel i mean jesus he told us go into all the world and preach the gospel so uh go lay hands on the sick and they'll recover right cast out devils jesus he saves he heals and he delivers and that's the power of the blood of jesus you know revivals remind us to return to our first love and, like, if you have something or some someone that is dead or nearly dead, like somebody drowning, somebody pulls them out of a river or something, then, you know, then they're revived. A, a lifeguard will work on them, and they'll spit out all the water, and they're revived. Well, that's the way it is with revival, okay? It's returning to your first love. It's falling in love with Jesus all over again. So let's just pray. Father, I thank you that uh, your presence is in this place tonight lord you said your word will not come back void but it will accomplish what you send it to do so i thank you father god as people tune in tonight and they hear the word of god the gospel the good news um, lord god that it's falling on good ears tonight that the devil will not be able to steal it from them but lord god it's going to spring up a mighty harvest and i thank you father god for What you're going to do, and even healing people's bodies as they're sitting there listening tonight. Um, I thank you, Father, that your presence is there. And wherever your presence is, is everything that we need. So, Father, we give you all the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Tell you what, I'm not even going to start out with a song tonight. We're just going to get right on into the teaching. And uh, I told you last night I wanted to talk about an encounter with God. And, uh, you know, I can get up here and we can sing. And sometimes we sing... And, uh, you know, God, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people, not the whining and crying, right? So when you praise God through song or, or worship, whatever you do, then his presence comes in. And uh, sometimes we, we just have a Holy Ghost meeting where we're all drunk in the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, Be not drunk with wine where is an excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. And then be ye being filled. You continually, you come into meetings and have encounters with God. But there is that one initial touch. And uh, so, and then sometimes we have teachings. Tonight might just be a teaching. And, uh, you know, we just don't know what's going to happen. So anyway, I'm glad you tuned in and get something out of this tonight. You know, it's not enough to just uh, ask Jesus to come into your heart and, you know, just get saved. There's more. There's more. I know people that have sat in a church for 20 years, and they're the same spiritually as they were when they first started out 20 years ago. There's no change in them, you know, and there has to be change. God, we talked about last night, the fire of God that will come in a meeting uh, and, and, you know, try to burn out something in your character. God does not condemn you, but he convicts you. The Holy Spirit will come and convict you. So when you allow God to change you, there's going to, there's going to be a change, right? Getting rid of sin in your life and changing something in your character. So, uh, we need to, to allow God to do that. Now, Paul said in first Corinthians chapter two and, um, in first Corinthians chapter two. And if you don't, if you don't have your Bible, get it out because we're going to get in the word tonight. And, uh, if, if you don't have a Bible available, try to jot these scriptures down. I want you to get on there and share this Facebook. You know, there's a thing on Facebook where you can, uh, when you hit share, when you hit the share button, when you're watching this video, you can hit, there's something comes up. It says watch party, okay? When you click on watch party, what it does is, um, and then you, then you got to start it, okay? But what it does, it goes through and invites all of your friends on your Facebook list to watch the video with you. So we're, we're on here live right now on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock. And you can hit that share button and share it with all your friends. And if you're on here tomorrow and you're watching the replay of this, you can still hit that share button, watch party. And it'll still share. So we need to get the word out there. And I'll tell you, social media, uh, we've had hundreds of views on the past uh, couple nights of, of revival meetings, hundreds of views. And um, you know, think about if we had those people, hundreds of people sitting in this building, you know? So, um, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm all about using whatever means available. No different than TV, right? Yeah. Only, hey, I think social media is better than TV. Because we could go on live right now. All right. So, anyway, in First Corinthians chapter two, Paul said in verse four, he said, My speech and my preaching. Now listen, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. That your faith should not be in, in the wisdom of men. But in the power of God. So he said, my my preaching and my teaching was not with wise and enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the power of God. That your faith might not rest on, on men's wisdom, but in the power of God. So, you know, when Jesus walked this earth, he taught, he preached, and he demonstrated So if you've not had a personal encounter with God, with the power of God, I want to give you some examples out of the Bible tonight and maybe even touch on my own testimony uh, about my personal encounter with God, which absolutely changed my life. And you need that. I have people all the time, you know, John the Baptist, he said, you know, I baptize you with water under repentance. But there's coming one after me, and he's talking about Jesus. He said, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire, you know. Amen. And uh, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. See, the Holy Spirit will come inside of you when you get saved. But now he wants to come upon you with power. Amen. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, he said, you shall receive power or boldness when the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be my witnesses. So he's going to come upon you with power. Amen. So uh, there's got to be a demonstration. So when Jesus walked this earth, he, not all, he taught, he preached, and he demonstrated. So we got to, you know, we not need to preach and we need to teach, but we also need to allow the Holy Spirit an opportunity to demonstrate the word. Amen. Jeremiah 1.12, God said, I watch over my word to perform it. I watch over my word to perform it. So when you preach the word, then give God an opportunity to perform it. You know, it wouldn't do me much good if I, um, you know, had a sick person standing in front of me. And I just start minister to them. And I say, you know, 1 Peter 2.24 says, by the stripes that Jesus bore, you're healed. Okay? And then I give them all these scriptures about healing, but I never pray for them to be healed. You need to demonstrate the power of God. There's nothing worse than going to a church service and sitting there and listening to an amazing message, just enticing words of man's wisdom, just an amazing message, and you're all like sitting on the edge of your seat, waiting for an altar call, waiting for the pastor to give a uh, an opportunity for someone to be saved, someone for to be healed, someone to be delivered, and they say. Well, I'm glad y'all came out this morning. I hope you have a good good meal this afternoon and let's just close out now with a with a, a word of prayer. I, I boy I just want to take something and throw it at that preacher when I hear that. That's ridiculous. Give God an opportunity to demonstrate the power of God. Amen. To to demonstrate his word that was just preached. Amen. Amen. Anybody can come up with an eloquent sermon. There's there is no no special technique to that. I mean, there's, there's, I can, you can give me any subject. I can come up with the most eloquent sermon. Matter of fact, the hardest part that I have is to stay with my notes because I get so excited when I right. preach the gospel. Jeremiah the prophet, he said, Thy word is like a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. You know, when you've got it in you, man. You know, you want, it, God just wants to work through you now. So, um, we, like I said last night, you can't get up and go, go on the outside until you get up on the inside. So, revival is all about change. And it's about allowing God to do a work in your heart. And um, just getting full of Jesus. Full of, of faith. Full of the power of God then. Going out of the four walls and demonstrating The the word of God, just like Jesus said, the great commission that he gave us was go into all the world and preach the gospel, which is the good news. But what he did, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He said, cast out devils. He said, you shall speak with new tongues. He said, if you drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt you. You see, that was the great commission. Jesus commanded us to go and do this. So, but you can't give what you don't got. So it's time to get it. Amen? Amen. So, no one can take, take your touch of God from you. You know, people like to argue. Religious people, they're the worst, man. They love to argue doctrine. They like to tell you all their their knowledge, everything that they know. You know, and they'll sit there and they'll try to trip you up with their knowledge, with their head knowledge. Okay? And uh, they they love to argue, they love it and but but listen, when you have a personal encounter with God, nobody can take that from you. Nobody can tell you, nobody can convince you that that didn't happen. okay? Nobody can. They're, they're, listen, I ain't afraid of anybody. When I had my personal encounter with God, it changed my entire life, and I'll tell you, nobody can take that from me. Nobody can say that didn't happen. He changed me inside when that happened. Amen. So they can argue doctrine, but they cannot. Uh, they but they cannot argue or take away your personal Damascus Road experience. All right. There's power in the blood of Jesus to heal, to save, and to deliver. There's a story in chapter, in Mark, I want you to, if you got your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Mark, to chapter 5, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all right, Mark chapter, well, there it went, whatever it was, probably a receipt, yep. Um, if you're in the Coshocton area, it's not too late to get down here, you know, I mean, we get on there and we say, oh, that person lives in Keshockton. That person lives in Keshockton. They're sitting at home eating Cheetos when they could be right here in the meeting. Somebody said last night, they said, there's nothing, you know, you can sit at home and watch. And I'm, I'm really glad you guys are on there watching. But they said, you can sit at home and watch, but there's nothing like actually being in the meeting. Because the presence of God, you just, yeah. it's just amazing. There's nothing like the presence of God. So anyway, there's a story in, in Mark, chapter 5, starting at, at verse 25. And uh, Jesus, he heals, okay? He's the healer. He's our great physician. He, he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He provides everything that we need, salvation, deliverance, healing, okay? In, in verse 25, it says, um, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And it suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. How many of you know it don't take much to spend all of your money at doctors, <laughs> right? Um, you know, you can go, and this lady, this particular lady, says that, it says that she had spent she had spent all that she had at the doctor. She spent all that she had, and guess what? They, they still sent her home to die, or to, to, to not to die, but to uh, continue with that illness. I'm sorry, lady. We've done all we can do. There's nothing more we can do for you. So it looks like you're just going to have to deal with it, right? Some of you out there tonight, you know, they, the doctors put you on medicine, and they said, you have this particular disease, and there's nothing more that we can do. You're just going to have to deal with it. You're just going to have to go ahead and take this pill every day for the rest of your life. Because there's nothing more we can do. I want to tell you tonight that God will heal your body. Amen? You know, in an instant, God can take that disease out of you. He can heal your body. I believe in the Word of God. I believe that that the Word of God is true. I know that Jesus bore stripes on his body for our healing. Okay? He bore stripes on his body for our healing. Amen? Hallelujah. So by his stripes, you are healed. In Isaiah, you know, he, he bore all of our sicknesses and diseases and infirmities. He took them upon himself so you could be set free. Even tonight, you know, I prayed for people on the phone. I was praying for a lady. She called and she said that uh, that her bladder had fell fell down and that she was going in for surgery the next day. And as I was praying for the lady, she said she felt a hand put the bladder back in her body. I was praying for her. On the phone, that woman. I'm telling you, people baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can sit there tonight and you can have an encounter with God. You would be baptized with the Holy Ghost and you fall off your chair. I was praying for a person to be to receive the baptism and the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, the uh, I hear a, a you know obviously the phone fell on the floor. The person screaming and yelling and having the best time ever. And finally, they came to the phone. I said, "What is going on?" You know. You know, and and they had been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Nobody laying hands on them. They had been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? Whatever you need tonight, you can receive in Jesus' name. So this woman spent all the money that she had and that she got. She did not get better, but she grew worse. Okay, in verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, okay, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. You see? Because Jesus was walking through a crowd of people. And uh, it says up there in verse 24. A great multitude followed him. So here's this lady. Uh, she shouldn't even have been in that city. And she's, you know, when you have an, an issue, issue of blood like back then. They had to stay outside the city. They weren't allowed in there. She makes her way through the crowd. She's pushing and shoving. She makes it her way up to Jesus. Because she said. And confession. Confessing with your mouth is so important. You know, you need to, you're going to get what you say. Amen. You're going to get what you say, whether it's bad or whether it's good. You better watch what comes out of your mouth because you're going to get it. You're getting today what you've said and what you've, you know, spoke over yourself. You know, some people, they don't even realize the things they said. And I don't want to get off track and get on that. But they, anyway, watch your mouth. <laughs> watch what you say. And here this woman had said, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. So she kept saying, I I gotta touch him. If I could just get hold of that of his clothes, if I can just get to Jesus, I gotta get to Jesus. If I can get to him, I know I'm gonna be made well. When you come in your church services, people, you need to come expecting. What about that? You need to come expecting, right? I mean, don't come in and just come in here and all whatever and just sit down and say okay preacher what you got for me today there buddy huh okay god i'm here i showed up so just let all heaven fall down on me no man you need to come in with the right heart with the right spirit and you need to come in expecting amen. god to touch you amen this woman was expecting that when she got hold of jesus's clothes she was going to be made well amen Come in every service expecting. I can't wait to get to church this morning. Something good is going to happen. You ought to be stirring yourself up before you even enter that building. Amen. All the way up. Just when you're getting ready for church. Oh, I can't wait to get there tonight. I, I'm telling you the presence of God is going to be in that place. Something's going to happen. I can't wait. Get yourself stirred up. Come on, people. So uh, she had herself stirred up, and she said that I as soon as I touch him, I'm going to be made well. She finally made her way up to Jesus. And it says that in verse 29, immediately, you know, God's a God of suddenlies, isn't he? Suddenly, all through the Bible. You should go through your Bible sometime and see, circle the word suddenly and see how many times it's in there. But this, it says, immediately or suddenly, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. See, as soon as she touched God, she was, or Jesus, she was expected to be healed. And as soon as she touched him, she was healed in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? Huh? Huh? You should have, you know, you could have a point of contact. As soon as the preacher touches me tonight, I'm going to receive my healing. As soon as that preacher lays their hands on me, I'm going to receive my healing. That could be your point of contact. That was her point of contact. <clears throat> you know? As soon as I touch Jesus, I'm going to be made well. And and she was immediately. But guess what else happened? And in verse 30, And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? (laughs) See, there was all these people around him. And he knew that someone had placed a demand on the anointing. Now listen, people say you can't go demanding of God. She didn't demand of God. She wasn't making God do anything. Now we're smarter than that. We know you can't force or make God do anything. But she was placing a demand on the anointing. The anointing is the manifest presence and power of God. You see, we can do that because what you're doing is you're placing your faith in the word of God okay hebrews chapter 11 god said faith pleases him he said faith pleases god without faith it's impossible to please him because those that come to him must believe that he exists and that he's a he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him see so she was placing a demand she knew that when she touched jesus that she was going to be made whole right right? and and it happened so uh So, and Jesus knew that power went out of him and his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging, uh, thronging around you Uh, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, because remember she wasn't even supposed to be in that, in that town. uh, She knowing what had happened to her, she came and she fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Amen. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Amen. See, isn't that exciting? Jesus heals. He wants to heal your body tonight. Some of you are sitting there. You can't even get down to this building because you're sick. Maybe you got the flu. Maybe you have cancer. Maybe uh, maybe you're paralyzed. I don't know what it is, but I've seen so many healings in my, my life. Because I step out in faith believing that God is who he says he is and he does what he says he does. And Jesus told me, he goes, he says, go, lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. He told you that too, Christian, right? Yeah. Jesus said, those that believe in me are going to do the same things that I do and even greater things than these because I go to my father. See, he went up to his father. He's sitting at the right hand of God and then he sends his Holy Spirit down on the day of Pentecost, the mighty baptism in the Holy Spirit. He sent his Holy Spirit down to now dwells in every one of us. That's why right now we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us. And if you want a teaching on that, go to last night's service. Look it up on Facebook. And we talked about that, how we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're not our own. We're bought with a price. And, uh, so so anyway um jesus is the great physician he is the healer amen so this woman had an encounter with jesus she had a personal encounter with jesus now listen nobody could come up to her after this happened and say oh no i I, jesus doesn't listen jesus doesn't still heal today He, he healed back then but he, he doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't do miracles anymore. Listen, I'll tell you right now. Ain't nobody going to go to that woman and say, that's that didn't happen. Because she. you cannot take, nobody can take your personal encounter away from you. Nobody can take that away. They can argue doctrine, but they cannot take your personal encounter away from you. Okay? So that's one um Uh, example of a personal encounter in the word in the word of God okay and that a personal encounter was a healing okay now let's go to Acts chapter 9 okay let's go to Acts chapter 9 and we're going to talk about a man named Saul who had a an encounter with God on the Damascus road okay let's go to to chapter 9 so Jesus saves he heals and he delivers okay So we talked about healing, now we're going to talk about how he saves. There's power in the blood to save, amen, to heal and to deliver. All right, in in, uh, Acts chapter 9, let's just start right there at at verse 1. Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem, okay? So here was a man named Saul, and he was a religious person, you know? He was out capturing and and having Christian people arrested and having them killed, okay? He was very adamant about what he was doing, and uh, he thought what he was doing right. Listen, I was the most religious person out there, I'll tell you for all for years and years and years i was saved when i was 9 years old you know i was raised up in the church i grew up in the church and but i was a very religious person and uh, i heard a pastor say one time he said religion is like bad breath everybody knows you have it but you okay and uh, so i didn't even realize i was religious i had my own husband was telling me you're religious And I said, no, I'm not, (laughs) because I didn't understand it, you know. So I actually got set free from religion. And this is, listen, listen what happened right here. Okay, so he was on his way to Damascus to have some Christians uh, arrested, okay. And in in verse 3, listen, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly, all right, we just read about a suddenly, about the woman with the issue of blood. As soon as she touched the hem of Jesus' garment instantly suddenly she was healed okay now as he was going near Damascus suddenly a light shone around him from heaven you know what that light was that light was the glory of God it was the glory of God amen you know in Revelation right towards the end of Revelation it talks about what heaven's going to be like And it says that there's not going to be any need for the moon or the sun because the glory of God will be the light up there, okay? So it's exciting. Amen. We talked about that yet last night, about us being the light of the world because we have the light in us, okay? And uh, the windows are your eyes. And, you know, Jesus likes to peek out the windows once in a while, right? So we 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 should be full of the light of God, amen? So when that light happened, it shone around him from heaven, the glory of God, okay? Then he fell to the ground, and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, Saul said, who are you, Lord? Okay, he called on him. He knew, he knew it was powerful, but he called, he said he called him, Lord. And then, then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Now listen, Jesus said, it is me you're persecuting. Now, Paul, Saul was probably like, I don't even know who you are. What do you mean I'm persecuting you? Huh? Right? Yeah, I don't even know who you are. Uh, go over there to Matthew. Just flip over and stay there. But go to Matthew chapter 25, uh, verse 40. And he, listen, okay, chapter 25, Matthew 25, verse 40. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Remember, Jesus was talking about I was hungry and you gave me something to eat and I was thirsty and you gave me drink. You know, when you do that, you're doing that to Jesus himself, okay? Okay, so If the good things and the praise goes to Jesus, so does the persecution. When you persecute other Christian people, you're actually persecuting Jesus. You're persecuting Jesus. You need to be very careful about coming against the other men and women of God. Okay? Because just be very careful about that. Some people like to have fried pastor for lunch after Sunday morning service, you know? And uh, so if you go and you're having lunch after church with a bunch of people from your church and they start talking bad about your pastor they're having fried pastor for lunch you the best thing for you to do is to say you know what i just got an emergency phone call i'm getting out of here right and get out of there because if you sit there and you listen to that garbage whether it's true or not listen you listen to that you're a partaker amen. and you're going to be held accountable amen. for that amen so if you either stand up and tell them to shut their pie holes All right? Fill it with that coconut cream pie sitting there. Right now, shut it up. I don't want to hear this anymore. And if they don't shut up, then you get out of there. I'm just telling you. That's a warning from God right there, buddy. Don't be having fried pasta for lunch. Like I said, well, it's true, Linda. I don't, don't give me that. Don't give me, I don't care. Okay? Amen. Don't, don't listen to that stuff, man. That's a warning, man. Right? So, Saul was persecuting Christians, and Jesus says, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. What do you mean I'm persecuting you? Yeah, you're persecuting my, you're persecuting my kids. <laughs> you're persecuting my people, so you're persecuting me. And it's hard for you, Paul, Saul, to kick against the goats. So Paul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Okay? So, listen. I'm just going um, I'm I'm to uh, keep on reading here. Verse 7. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. That light blinded him. The glory of God blinded him. When he got up off that ground, he was blind. For three days, he ate and drank nothing. Okay? Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go. See, he just told, he just said that to, to Saul, didn't he? He just told Saul, when Saul was down on that ground, he said, Arise and go into the city. And Saul did it, didn't he? And then now he's telling Ananias, Arise and go. To You know, last night we talked about that. Arise and shine, for your light is come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And We talked about you need to arise and rise up and go. <laughs> Amen. Rise up and go. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas, for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he's praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. So Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man. How much harm he done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the uh, chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Okay? And, and Saul, Paul did go through a lot, right? Um, And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he's the Son of God. Okay, so here is Saul. He's on his way to persecute Christians. He's heading this way, right? To to uh, down a road of sin, killing Christians, and he has an encounter with God. A suddenly a sudden encounter with God, and listen, he is saved, right? I mean, Jesus is, he saves, he saves, he heals, and he delivers. Paul saw, well, saul it was his name, and uh, this preacher told us one time, he said, God hit Saul so hard he knocked the S off of his name and put a P there. And uh changed his name to Paul, right? So here's Paul now, has a Damascus Road experience, which radically changed his life. And guess what? Immediately, here's this man persecuting Christians, yeah. killing Christians. Right. He gets, as an encounter with God, he gets saved. And then what? He immediately starts preaching the gospel. Amen. Amen. He starts immediately preaching about Christ, that he is the Son of God. Isn't that amazing? All right, now let's move on here. To, uh, let's go to, back here to, to Daniel. We're going to go back to Daniel chapter 3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Daniel chapter 3. We're going to go to Daniel chapter 3. Oh, man. I'm glad you guys tuned in tonight. We're right down here at the River Church. I mean, you you ought to just be, you should just be down here with us is what you should be. Amen. I'm about to drop something again. You should just get in your car right now and wipe the Cheetos off and just get in your car and come on down here with us because we're right here at 212 South 7th Street in Coshocton, and uh, we're having revival meetings all this week, and tomorrow night, Pastor Zach's going to be here at 7 o'clock, and I'm telling you, you just don't want to miss that, and maybe you've been wanting to come and visit the River Church, and you know, you've just uh, been afraid to enter the building for whatever reason, tomorrow's your night, come on down and join us at 7 o'clock, right here at the River Church in Coshocton, we're right on the corner of Walnut and South, South 7th Street. And we have a Wednesday night service tomorrow night. But we're, Pastor Zach's going to be continuing in revival. And then we'll be back Thursday and Friday here too. So let's go to Daniel chapter 3. And uh, let's skip all the way down to verse 17 and 18. I'm going to read two verses. And this is three guys called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? And uh, listen, <clears throat> they would not bow down and worship the idol that the, the king had made. <coughs> so... Right, I mean. so. The king had them thrown into a fiery furnace. Matter of fact, they heated that furnace seven times hotter than they normally would. Even the guys that threw them into that furnace, they got burned up just throwing them in there. They weren't even down in the furnace, and they got thrown up. Um, they got burned up. I mean, thrown up, um, burned up. Okay. So we we just read that Jesus heals. He saves. And now we're going to talk about deliverance. He will deliver you. He will protect you. Amen. Jesus will protect you. Hallelujah. Come on. You lack nothing. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Why are you weak and sick and defeated, Christian? Huh? There is no reason for that. We should be the happiest people on the face of the earth. If you're suffering from depression tonight, you can't call yourself a Christian and continue in that. I know. I was diagnosed with that stuff one time, and then given that junk they put you on. Don't don't give me that. I know what the Word of God can do. The Word of God will deliver you. Amen. There is nothing that's going on in your life tonight that God has not already made a way for you to be healed, saved, delivered. Whatever it is, I'm telling you. But Linda, they told me I only got three months to live. Well, you better get your Cheetos off your mouth, get in your car, and get down here to the River Church and let some people lay hands on you. Amen? Because we believe in the power and the presence of God. I wouldn't waste my time being here tonight. If I didn't believe that God is who he says, I wouldn't even waste my time. I would be probably, I'd have my hand in your Cheetos bag, and I'd be eating them with you, and I'd be, I'll just watch prices right. Life's too short down here. If I didn't believe what I'm doing, I'm telling you, if I didn't believe in the God that I serve, I would not be here tonight. I'll tell you right now. I'm not getting paid for this. I'm not, I'm not even taking up an offering. I'm here to preach the gospel to you because God loves you tonight. And you know, the Bible says that, I, that and I'll take this for myself, that we are God's ambassadors. As though Jesus himself were making his appeal through us. How's the gospel going to be preached if we don't preach it? Amen. So, but, but God will deliver you and he will protect you. He will protect you. The Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper. That's right there in Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And there's going to be weapons formed against you. You know, there's going to be arrows aimed your way. But they won't prosper. Just imagine the devil's got his bow and arrow. And he's got something deadly on there. Because John 10.10 says the thief comes. But to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give you abundant life. Amen. So imagine the devil. He's got his bow and arrow aimed at you. And he's getting ready to shoot this deadly arrow at you. And all of a sudden he lets go of that thing. And he aims it at you. And it's coming your way. And boom. It suddenly stops. Just like a sparkler. It just fizzled out. Because God came to your rescue. No weapon formed against you will prosper, Christian. Amen. Some of those weapons or de- those deadly arrows are people's tongues wagging. Because the second part of that verse says, And every tongue that rises up against you, You'll prove them wrong <laughs> you'll refute that means to prove' them wrong every tongue that rises up against you I don't listen if I followed around Facebook and, and went to everybody that comes against me and uh, tried to sit there and argue and debate with them and why I'm that what they're saying about me is not true. I ain't got time for that stuff let, them, let the tongues wag man <laughs> because I know the truth amen and as long as I keep these here hands p- clean. And I keep my heart pure, they ain't nothing. Ain't nobody got nothing on me. Amen. So no weapon formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you, you will prove them wrong. Amen. Amen. So just let the tongues wag, man. Matter of fact, like I told you last night, if people think you're the best thing since sliced bread, then there's a problem. If you don't got somebody coming against you, there's a problem, amen. Huh? Because the Bible says that that though beware of those that speak well of you because you know uh if that if that's what they they speak well of you that's all they say then that's how they treated the false prophets huh i'm not a false prophet and i'll tell you right now i'm preaching the word of god i'm preaching the truth and i'm not backing down amen amen because timothy says that in the last days they'll gather around many teachers that will tell them what they want to hear huh pastors don't be afraid to offend people man you preach the word of god i'm sitting right here tonight i got my bible and i'm reading stories out of the bible tonight i'm reading the word of god and you can follow along with me and see that what i'm telling you and teaching you is the truth it's the word of god and there might be some stuff that i say or whatever the word of god says that'll offend you but you know what that's what the word does It cuts to the heart, amen, dividing soul and spirit, (laughs) because your flesh will war against the things of the spirit. Your flesh don't want to line up with the word of God. The spirit is willing, right, but the flesh is weak. But just let God have his way with you, man, because it's hard to kick against the goats, (laughs) right? You can't fight God. Why would you want to anyway if you're calling yourself a Christian, right? Just rather yield to God, get full of the Spirit of God, get full of the love of God, and just let him have his way with you. Amen? Mm -hmm. Because you're not your own anyway. You're bought with a price, right? right? right. You're on a short journey down here. You're just passing through, you know? You're just passing through. Who cares about all this stuff, man? Don't get so worried and tangled up. I've never seen a U-Haul towing or a a hearse towing a U-Haul, huh? You ain't taking none of this stuff with you, man. You you, you ain't taking it with you, right? Huh? I, have you ever seen a hearse pulling a UL? I've never seen that. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? But matter of fact, if you ever did see that, that person that died dang taking the stuff, it's probably that the, the caretaker or undertaker, whatever you call that. Huh? He's taking it. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. But anyway, let's go back here to Daniel. I just thought I'd exhort you for a minute there. Am I allowed to do that? my facebook i think i could do that (laughs) Woo glory but i i don't care about offending people i don't i want to see you change i want to see you change amen amen hallelujah i there's nothing worse than me visiting the church 20 years after the first time i visited same people sitting in the same place huh just got the same sour looking look on their face that's bad man you should be changing Amen. You should be growing spiritually, right? I think Thursday night I'm going to talk about the joy of the Lord. I think, I think there's some people that need the joy of the Lord, don't you? So, um, well, I don't know about that stuff, Len, that joy, that laughing spirit stuff. Well, why don't you just tune in Thursday night and let's, let's just talk about that, okay? Let's talk about the joy of the Lord. Who knows, you might get some, huh? <laughs> Moisturize your face real good that night before you tune in. Cause we don't want all your, your face cracking or anything when that when the frown gets turned upside down. Amen. <laughs> oil of Olay works pretty good, do not it? Mom, ninety one years old, she don't have any wrinkles, and that's her that's her secret, is the oil of Olay, right? Yep. She's ninety one. You know what she told me? She says I have. Here's what I do. She's in divine health. She's not on any medicine or anything. She says I. Uh, what was the things? Keep your body moving. Keep your mind active, keep your brain active. And she said, and I only eat till I'm full. See, I don't. Now, I'm going to have your, I'll eat my food and yours, you know. And uh, <laughs> my mom said, you you eat so fast. I said, well, that's because I'm, I am want to hurry up and eat mine so I can finish yours, you know. <laughs> but she said, I only eat till I'm full. What a, man, her poor body, you know. I en- I enjoy food. Okay, let's get off that. Okay. Rambling. Good thing we have the edit button, isn't it? Huh? Jamie said, all right, keep going. So now we're going to talk about, we talked about how Jesus heals, he saves, and now he delivers, okay? So they they threw these three boys into that fiery furnace. And, uh, you know, because they wouldn't bow down and worship this false image that, you know, that the king had made, you know? We need to stand our ground. Colossians says, have as little to do with this world as a dead person. Amen. Yeah, you know in Timothy, he says that in the last days that people are going to be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Right. And you can tell that when you go to churches around the area, you know. Oh, the, yeah. All these people, they're not there, right? Huh? They're sitting home eating Cheetos, watching prices, right? When there's a move of God right down the street, huh? They're sitting on the gospel grapevine. Telling everybody how sick they are when there's a church down the street where they could go and get hands laid on them, get oil on them, and get healed. What's wrong with people, man? Huh? What's wrong with people? <laughs> I want to be right in the middle. Of you, I love being in church. I love being around my Christian brothers and sisters. I love it. There's no better place. This is better than Disneyland, man it really i've been there so it's just this is i would pick a revival service over disneyland any day of the week because i love the presence of god amen hallelujah so anyway they threw these three boys down in there let's go to verse 17 and uh here's listen to what they said now uh, now um he said if that is the case because you know they said if, if you don't bow down and worship this this image then we're going to throw you in that fiery furnace. And you know what? He said, if that is the case, our God, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us. (laughs) He will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. We will not serve it, no matter what. Listen, have as little to do with this world as a dead person. It's time, Christian, for us to make up our mind. Amen. Who, who are we going to serve? Huh? Amen. Are you going to serve the world or are you going to serve God? stop riding the fence man sitting in a bar on saturday night and then coming to church on sunday morning nobody wants to smell that you can't have enough mouthwash and get rid of that evil smell man i'm telling you right now you know come on people make up your mind who are you going to serve amen well shadrach meshach and abednego they made up their mind we're gonna serve god and he is able and he will deliver us He will deliver us because, see, God delivers. God don't want you set, He don't want you bound up in alcohol. I have to go to that bar, Linda, because I I don't, I have to have that alcohol. You don't understand. I don't know how to deal with my problems. Linda, I have to have that drug. I have to have it because that's the only peace that I get, you know? I have to have it. No, you don't. God will set you free Yes, right. in Jesus' name. I've seen people instantly set free from drugs and alcohol. You see, people run to these things when they should be running to God. Right. They yeah. run to God. Don't run yeah. from him. Amen. They run to, to these other things. But you don't understand those things that you're running to in the world, those are making your, your situation worse. They, they're making your situation worse. You know, people go into a bar on a Saturday night and they go maybe get there about 10 o'clock at night and they start drinking that stuff. The world, what the world has to offer. You don't need it, people. I drink the new wine. I drink the Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come into me and drink. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Jesus is, listen, he's the one you want to drink. Amen. You want to get full of him. Ephesians 5.18, I told you earlier, be, it says, Be not drunk with wine where is an excess, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. When you get full of Jesus, when you get full of the Holy Spirit, you don't want what the world has to offer. Amen? Hallelujah. There's no high like the most high. We've heard that many times, but it's the truth. But these people, they'll go to bars, and I'm surprised the Christian people do this. The Christian people. But you know what? They probably go to some dead church that they don't have the Holy Spirit there. They don't allow him to come and touch his people. So they don't get convicted when they when they're in church, you know? So they don't even know it's wrong. They don't read the Bible for themselves. So they don't know that sin is wrong. They don't even know what sin is. They're so far removed from sin they, they don't even know they can f- be full of sin and they think they're serving god and they're missing the whole thing come on people and if they do walk into a church with the fire of god where the holy spirit is is convicting people then they run and they'll say well sister sally didn't smile at me or you know they'll get a they'll use offense to leave that church and try to blame it on somebody else You ain't got nobody to blame people but yourself. I'll tell you right now. You know, it's just time to grow up. Amen? It's time. It's time to draw the line. Who are you going to serve? Amen? Amen. Well, I tell you, I'm going to serve the Lord. They'll go in those bars, though, about 10 o'clock at night, maybe earlier. I don't know. And they got all these problems, right? And they think that this alcohol, what the world has to offer, is going to take their problems away. And you know what, Mom? It does. Now, I got my mom sitting here. My mom's here with us tonight. But here for a little bit, it does, doesn't it, Mom? They say that when they start drinking that alcohol, that the longer that they drink the alcohol, their body becomes saturated with it. They become drunk, okay? And, uh, boy, (laughs) I think I'll have a drink right now myself. Not that world stuff, but... (laughs) Ooh, hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. But um, well, they do. <laughs> they will. But they, they, yeah. <laughs> they sit there and they really they think. <laughs> no, okay. Now she's gonna start laughing. Okay. So, listen. They'll sit there about 10, start there at ten o'clock at night, and they think that by drinking this stuff, <clears throat> that it's gonna take their problems away, right? And then, listen, what happens? Their body becomes saturated with that stuff, okay? And they start getting drunker and drunker and drunker. And listen, and really the problems do seem to ease up, okay? You know, by 2 o'clock in the morning, they don't even, they're not even thinking about the problem that they went in there with, are they? They're not even thinking about it. The only problem they got is how they're going to get home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they, they're they not even thinking about the problem that they had when they went in there and started drinking that night. Right? Because they're falling off their stool. They're staggering around. <laughs> Drinks on the house. they just spending all their money because they're buying for everybody in the house. They're happy. Huh? They're happy. And they're very generous, right? <laughs> so, but guess what? So they they're, they think they're having the best time ever. But the problem is, is they don't understand that that time that they spent in that bar that night, that they're going to have more problems when they wake up the mo- next morning. Number one, they're going to wake up beside some snaggletooth woman. They don't even know who this woman is. They don't know how she got there. And then they got to run to the toilet and put their head in the toilet bowl and get rid of all that garbage that they put in the night before. They think they had problems when they went in there. They got way more problems now. Way more problems now. Why not rather run to God, the author and creator of you? I mean, he created you. He created your body. He created your mind. He knows how to fix every problem that you have. I don't wake up, when I leave a Holy Ghost meeting, I'm full and I'm drunk in the spirit. I don't wake up with no hangover. (laughs) I don't wake up with a hangover. Matter of fact, my life becomes better, amen? Because here's what happened. The more that the person drinks the world's alcohol, the more that their mind goes off their problem. It's the same concept, in a way, with the things of God. When you turn your eyes upon Jesus, the things of this world grow strangely dim, right? The more you start praising God, you know, like Paul and Silas, when they were chained up in the prison at midnight, the, as they began to sing praises, the Bible says that the, that God inhabits the praises of his people. Amen. So the more, the, the, instead of down there complaining and whining and crying while they were chained up, they started praising God at midnight. And guess what? Those chains fell off because there was a great earthquake and uh, God caused an earthquake, and all the chains fell off. Matter of fact, all the prisoners around them they got set free too. Amen. So, you turn your eyes on Jesus, and the things of this world are going to grow strangely dim. The next time that you start getting depressed, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Start reading about heaven. Go back to the end of the book of Revelation. Start reading about what heaven's going to be looking, uh, what heaven's going to be like. And, buddy, if you don't get happy and start running around the place by then, I don't know what it's going to take. Because if you're a Christian, you have that to look forward to for eternity. You know, even the Bible says that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. Yeah. And then you, ain't, you, ain't, you have not hung on no cross. You have not prayed until you, drop, until you sweated drops of blood. Right. We have not suffered. Oh, yeah. We don't even know what suffering is. Have you been beaten and then nailed to a cross? No. And you don't have to be because Jesus did that for you. He took your place so you could be saved, so that you could be healed, so that you could be delivered. Amen. Oh, that ought to make us happy, right, Mom? So God delivered them because here's what happened. They had that furnace heated up seven times hotter. They threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego down into that fire. And listen, oh, the king, boy, he thought he was going to see something. He looks down in that fire and he said, wait, wait, wait a minute. Didn't we throw three men down there? He said, there is four men walking down there. They're unbound See, because they tied them guys up before they even threw them in the fire. They bound them. They bound them up and then threw them in there. But they were walking around there unbound. They had been set free. Hallelujah. God delivered them. Amen. From that fiery furnace. Oh, hallelujah. Boy, it's a good thing I'm sitting down. I'd be running around the place right by now. Hallelujah. I would be. It's hard. It's hard for me to sit here when I'm preaching the gospel. Because, you know, we're focusing on social media tonight. But... Man, I'm telling you, when I get to preaching, I might be hanging from the ceiling. I, I'll tell you, I might, I might be finding something to hang by. I'll tell you, I get excited when I talk about Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. They heated it up seven times hotter. And when the king looked down there, he goes, "Wait a minute. We threw three men down there. There's four men in there. Then the fourth looks like the son of God." Amen. Like, oh, hallelujah. Oh, four men because Jesus said I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. No matter what you're going through tonight, if you're a child of God, if you've got the the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you are not alone. Amen. Because Jesus said I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's right there in the midst of that fire. Cuz some of these things that we go through, it feels like a fire, don't it? Amen. But he'll he's with you and he'll deliver you. Oh, hallelujah. He said in verse 25, he said, Look, I see four men loose. Four men loose. They threw three in, Mom. Four loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, my. And and listen, that, that thing, that whole thing got turned around then. And in verse 29... Uh, king Nebuchadnezzar said, "Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an, an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this." Hallelujah! And then God, uh, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. So God said, I'll take all the bad things that you're going through, I'll, turn, I'll take them and I'll turn them around for good. Oh, yeah. That was a bad thing that was about to happen to them, huh? But God not only delivered them, but he took all of that bad and he turned it around for good. Right. Because he said, I'll do that for those that love me and are called according to my purpose. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, Christian, you should be so happy. You should be so happy. If God is for you, who can be against you? Mm-hmm. Amen. If God is for you, who can be against you? And that's scripture. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. You've got the spirit of the living God in you. And he's greater than the the Bible says that Satan is the God of this world. But you have the greater one living inside of you. Hallelujah. He's provided everything that you need everything you lack nothing people you know when when god becomes real to you he'll become real through you you need an encounter with god amen shadrach meshach and abednego had an encounter with god the woman with the issue of blood had an encounter with god saul on the damascus road had an encounter with god amen and if they needed it if the apostles needed it you need it think about peter what about peter Here's Peter, a man that said, he walked with Jesus. He was one of the apostles and he told, one of Jesus' disciples. And he told Jesus, he said, I'll never deny you. I'll never deny you, Jesus. Jesus said, you know what, Peter, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. See, Peter was timid. You know, how many people today, if they were set up before, how many Christians, if they were set up in a firing squad and they said you either deny Jesus or i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to shoot you how many christians and think about this you yourself out there calling yourself a christian are you so full of jesus are you so full of faith and the power of god that you would say hey make my day because the bible says absent from the body present with the lord i will not deny jesus christ As my Lord and Savior, huh? Right? How many people would do that today, huh? He's got to be so real to you. And then he'll become real through you. You you can't fake the anointing people. I told you. I started out with what Paul said about... You know, my my words and my, my speech and preaching was not with wise and enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the power of God that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on the power of God. Amen. 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 You gotta be full of faith in the power of God. Yes, yes. So Peter Peter was very timid. And uh, you know, I used to be like that. I, I was the most shy person you'd ever want to be. People can't believe my got my ninety-one year old mom here. I can't she she's not gonna let me sit here and say anything fake or false. She she's my mom, <laughs> you know. Even she she's my mom, and she knows how shy I was growing up. I mean, I hid behind her, probably you know. I always I was a very shy, very timid person. But I'll tell you, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you with power and that boldness, there that listen that that timidness that that shyness goes out the door. You can put me up to the most biggest religious head out there. And I'll just stand my ground with the word of God. In the name of Jesus. I'm full gospel. I'm Pentecostal. I believe this Bible from Genesis to Revelation. If Jesus said I'm going to do it, I'm doing it. Amen. (laughs) Well, that tongues is of the devil. Don't get me started on that. Don't Don't tell me that. Jesus said you'll speak with new tongues. It's right there. Jesus himself said, you shall speak with new tongue. That's not from today. And besides that, how you why you say that's of the devil? I, I don't serve the devil. I don't serve. I, I cast devils out. <laughs> I serve Jesus. And I follow Jesus. If he said, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Amen? Listen, you can go to revival meetings. You can go to every meeting out there. But that meeting has to get inside of you. Amen? Because if you just go to meetings and you get some more head knowledge, then what's that all about? You know what I'm saying? It's, there comes a time when you're going to have an encounter with God if you're truly seeking him. I sat in hundreds of meetings before I ever got touched. But I was so hungry for God. I grew up, I, I had head knowledge, I had all that stuff. But man, when I started really reading the Bible, when I really started reading this Bible... And really taking it as it is and saying, and Jesus, and I read what Jesus said that you're going to cast out devils, you're going to speak with new tongues, you're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. I started reading all that, and and Jesus said, "Those that believe in me are going to do the same things that I do, and even greater things than these, because I go to my Father." And Jesus said, "You know that uh, you're you're just you know you're going to do the same things that I do." So I wasn't seeing any of that in my life. I got really hungry for the things of God, and I went after him. I sat in many meetings, many revival meetings. I, I traveled all, all over to different states, and I was following uh, a ministry with, with that carried the fire of God, that, that i actually seen the power of God demonstrated, that lined up with Scripture. I went to many meetings before I ever got touched. Don't give up. Don't go to one Holy Ghost meeting and say, well, nothing happened to me. You know, everybody's falling on the floor and they were laughing and having a good time. Nothing happened to me. Well, that's your problem. That's your problem. You need to get more hungry. You just need to get more hungry. Right. Well, I don't have the fire of God. Well, then you just need to keep seeking God. Seek and you shall find. Knocking, it shall be open unto you. You know, and uh, listen, you just need to keep going to meetings. And that's what I did. And I just kept going, and I kept going, and I kept seeking, and I kept expecting. And one day I got touched by the fire of God. Amen? So you can go to the meetings, but until revival gets in you, uh, nothing's going to happen. Amen? And when I got that initial touch from God, it changed everything in my life. Matthew 5, Jesus said, Blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. In John seven thirty seven, <clears throat> Jesus said, If any man thirst." let him come to me and drink if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink don't go down to that bar and start drinking you don't need that you need Jesus you need to get to take a drink of Jesus amen because you're going to have rivers of living water flowing up out of your belly amen hallelujah Psalm 42 2 says, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. I'm thirsty for God. I'm hungry as a deer panteth for water. So my soul longeth after thee. Okay? You got to get hungry. You, you got to get thirsty. You're not hungry enough. If you, if you haven't got touched and you're still seeking, keep seeking. Keep going after him. Crying out. Expecting. And that's, it's hunger is the main ingredient of getting touched, having an encounter with God. And listen, <clears throat> when you're full of Jesus, you'll be in love with Jesus, amen? Full of Him. Be not drunk with wine where excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're a container. You're a container that needs to be filled. You're going to be full of something. Some of you are full of something. You're full of it, right? You're full of something. You're going to be full of something. You're either going to be full of the world or you're going to be full of Jesus, Right? I want to be full of Jesus. Some of you are contaminated. You got some of Jesus in you, and you got some of that. Your river's polluted. No wonder you don't see anything happening. Amen. That's right. Your river's got sewage in it. Huh? You, you got sewage in it. It's time for a pure river of living water flowing out of you. Amen. There's a, there's a river flowing from the throne of God. A river flowing from the throne of God, God bringing healing and deliverance and salvation. And you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You are the temple. People, come on, get this. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. The throne is inside of you. And there's a river flowing from that throne that should be flowing freely out of you. Time for that dam to get torn down. It's time for that sewage to become pure. Amen. Keep a pure heart and clean hands. Stop mingling and messing with the world. Amen. Jesus said, I'm coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle, didn't he? I'm coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Being holy as I am holy, says the Lord. Amen. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) Woo. And you can't do this on your own. Because the Bible says that, he says, your righteousness is filthy rags compared to God's holiness. You can't do this on your own. Well, I'm trying, Linda. I'm trying to quit the, the drinking. I'm trying to quit that drugs. I'm, try, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from all those guys. Because, see, people are trying to fill that void that only God can fill. With drugs and alcohol, with addictions, you know. Some people have shopping addictions. They, they're addicted to shopping. They get a high every time they buy something. Okay, right? The people are trying to fill that void up with relationships. Yeah, with relationships. And uh, listen, we need to get rid of all that stuff and run to God. You can't do this on your own. You need to cry out to God and say, God, I can't do it. I need you. And then go after him with all of your heart. And choose. The next time you want to go down the bar and start drinking... Choose not to go. Right? Amen. The devil can't make you do anything. You're choosing to go there. You're choosing to go there. You know the truth. When you know to do right and you don't do it, it's sin. huh? Yeah. Choose rather to get your Bible out and, and go lock yourself up in your room or whatever you got to do. And don't let yourself go out that night. And get your Bible and cry out to God. And, and just start reading your Bible cry out to him right and and listen you need jesus amen hallelujah praise the lord don't make me run around the place so peter was very peter was he was uh very timid wasn't he very shy peter was and 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 jesus said before that cock crows you're going to deny me three times when jesus was arrested peter ended up three separate times denying christ and and that cock crowed and listen You know, right, what happened? Peter, it said that when that cock crowed and Peter had denied Jesus three times, Jesus turned around and looked at him. I I tell you, that makes me want to cry when I see that. He looked at Peter, and then Peter remembered what Jesus had said to him. Peter remembered, and you know what? The Bible says that Peter ran and wept bitterly because he just did the very thing that Jesus told him he was going to do. But listen, one day, so that just goes to tell you that Peter, um, you know, he was very timid. He, he wasn't going to stand up for Jesus, was he? You were with Jesus. No, I wasn't. You were one of those disciples that was with Jesus. No, I wasn't. Matter of fact, I think the third time he cursed when, when they said he was, had been with Jesus, you know, he denied him three times. Listen, we have to get to where we'll never deny him. Amen? I used to be like that. I was wishy-washy. When I was with uh, religious people, I was just like them. I was religious. When I was with on-fire believers, I was just like that. I could be whatever you wanted me to be. Because, see, I didn't have that encounter with God. I didn't have that boldness. Amen. Peter had an encounter with God, though, one day, didn't he? On the day of Pentecost, Peter was there in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came... Right? Yeah. Peter was there. The Bible says, and you can read it in Acts chapter 2, that um, matter of fact, I think we'll just go ahead and go there in Acts chapter 2. Oh, did you finish those Cheetos yet? <laughs> yeah. My belly's not going to hurt when I get done because I'm not full of Cheetos. I like Cheetos, though. They're pretty good, aren't they? Yeah? Yep. Okay, let's go to Acts chapter 2, and I'll tell you what happened to Peter and and 120 others that were there. On the day, remember, Jesus said, in Acts 180, he said, you're going to receive power or boldness when the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be my witnesses. That's why we need the boldness. That's why we need the power so we can be witnesses for Jesus. Amen? Because your your flesh is going to fight you all the way. You're not going to want to go out of these four walls and tell a lost and dying world that Jesus died for them. That he loves them. You know, you're not going to want to walk up to a complete stranger and lay your hands on them. Be healed in the name of Jesus without the power of and presence of God. Without an encounter with God. It's not going to happen. But Jesus told his disciples. He said, you're going to receive that power. But he said, I want you to, I want you to go into Jerusalem. I want you to wait for the promise that my father is going to send you. And here it happened on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Even as I read this right now, you can have an encounter with God. As I read this, say, Lord, just like on the day of Pentecost, I want you to fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. I want, I want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire. Just go ahead and pray that right now and cry out to God as I'm reading this. As your eyes are fixed upon the word, listen, and suddenly, there it is again. How many times have we said, just in the, I think three times a night, I've read the word suddenly. I told you, God's a God of suddenly. God's a God of suddenly, isn't he? Amen. Suddenly. Yeah. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven, now as of a rushing, mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, it wasn't a wind. Blowing through. Some people like to, you know, animate this and they'll have, like, they'll turn a fan on. They'll see, you know, the wind blowing. It wasn't a wind. It was a sound as of a mighty rushing wind. It filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. Remember, John the Baptist said uh, that I, he said, I baptize you with water under repentance. But there's coming one after me, and he's talking about Jesus. He said, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Right? The Holy Ghost and fire. And this is what's happening right here. Then they're, okay, and they were all filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, be not drunk with wine where is in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fill yourself with Jesus. Fill yourself. Don't let anything come in. Don't let any sewage mingle in that river. Amen. You know we drove down the road today, and you know we have three rivers here in Coshocton that meet, and our rivers are flooding their banks, aren't they? Huh? You need to be flooding your banks tonight, Christian. You need to be flooding your banks, right? You need to be so full of the Holy Ghost that <laughs> you have to go and and release this, okay? And tell somebody about it. But my mom looked over at the river and she said, you know, look how muddy that river is, huh? And that's what, some of you have a muddy river. And you need to get that, you need to let that, you need to get cleaned up, amen? And you need to get rid of some stuff in your life. Let God cleanse you. Let him set you free from this garbage in your life. Today is the day of salvation. Don't wait until tomorrow and say, well, I'm not going to do it anymore tomorrow. Today, right now, choose Choose that you're going to let God get, help you get rid of some stuff in your life. Amen. Run to God and not from him. So they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, there, there was dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused. Because everyone heard them speak in his own language. So now let's go on down to to chapter 12 or verse 12. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? And others mocking said, They're full of new wine. See, they thought they were drunk, right? Okay, now let's, we're talking about Peter here. Peter was very shy, timid, denied Jesus three times, right? Now, guess what happened? He's here on the day of Pentecost. Holy Spirit comes. He has an encounter with God. And guess what happens? Verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, Since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said God. And that was the last days over 2,000 years ago when the Holy Spirit came. That's the last days, right? Where are we at today? We're in the last of the last days. That was over 2,000 years ago. That's when the last days started Because people say, we're in the last days. We're living in the last days. No, we're living in the last of the last days. People, Jesus is coming back. He can come at any moment. Nothing else needs to be done. Listen, he, oh, I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back. Be ready, people. Be ready. He's going to come in a day and an hour that you won't know. He's going to come suddenly as a thief in the night. You're not going to have time to scramble around and find some oil and, you know, and fill your vessel. Remember we talked about, um, you know, um, in in verse, um, yeah, we talked about that last night. Look it up. (laughs) What we talked about last night, about having your vessel full of oil, being ready when he comes back, when the bridegroom returns. Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for a bride. He's coming back for a church without spot and wrinkle. And listen, what if he came back, Christian, and you were sitting in some bar, half full of the world's alcohol? What is going to happen? You better be ready. You better, we need to return to reverence and fear of God. Amen. He's holy, and he is the creator of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Be ready for him. So we're living in the last of the last days. And he said that it shall come to pass. In the last day, says God, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I'm my men servants and I'm my maid servants. I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they'll prophesy. And I'll show wonders in the heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, Peter was there. He had an encounter with God. Here is, here is the Peter that uh, Peter, he denied Jesus three times. He was... Um, Very timid, very shy. He had an encounter with God on the day of Pentecost. And then he had power. Then he stood up and boldly proclaimed. These men are not drunk as you suppose. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. He stood up boldly. See, something happens to you when you have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. You need a personal encounter with God. Amen. Just hanging out with Jesus and seeing Jesus do the miracles, that wasn't enough. You can hang out in your church. You can be in every meeting. You can listen to every sermon. You can hang out with the pastor. You can watch the pastor lay hands on the sick and they recover. You can watch all everybody in your church do miracles, that God do miracles through them. But hanging out with these people is not enough. Peter himself hung out with the anointed one, with the Messiah, with Jesus Christ, He's seen all the miracles Jesus did. He heard. He Jesus was teaching him. But yet that was not enough. Just hanging out with Jesus was not enough. He needed his own personal encounter with God, and he got it on the day of Pentecost. So Peter had an encounter with God, and then he had the power of God on him. Amen. Hallelujah. So you can you you have to you have to be hungry. You have to be hungry. Amen. Those people in that upper room that day, you know, there was probably more than 120 people that were waiting that day. They were hungry. They were waiting, right? They were waiting to be, to to have, you know, whatever God was going to send. Amen. The promise that God was going to send. And they were hungry. But listen, you could miss the greatest miracle at your church. By just Sunday morning, you're going to choose To stay home and watch your service online or you're going to stay home and, you know, eat Cheetos and watch Prices Right. There could be, that could be your miracle day. God was going to perform a miracle in your life, but you stayed home. Come on, people. Get hungry. Get hungry for God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. After you get that initial touch, you need to keep that fire burning. And uh, I believe I'm going to pray tonight before we go off the air. I'm going to pray that you receive a personal, you receive the mighty baptism in the Holy Ghost with the with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Amen. You're going to be full. You're going to be filled with Him. Amen. You know, I I will tell you a little bit of my testimony. I was raised in the church, you know, and uh, grew up in the church. Had you know, went to church and did all that stuff, and I, I was a very religious person, though. And like I said, I was religious, and I didn't even know it, you know. You could be religious and not even know it. You think you're doing the right thing. Saul thought he was doing the right thing by killing Christians. You think you're doing the right thing. But listen, um, when I started reading the Bible, and this, this is something you must do. You must get a hunger for God. Even well, my biggest thing I hear for people: Oh, I, I don't understand it, Linda. I, I don't understand the Bible. I can't read it. Well, here here's something: Get your Bible, blow the dust off of it, and then pray. Say, Holy Spirit, you are my teacher. So as I read the Word today, I want you to I want you to to help me to understand this. Help me to hold it in my heart because the Bible says that Thy Word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against Thee. Okay so help me to understand your word help me to hold it in my heart and then help me to live by what you say i pray that every single time i read the bible every time i read the bible i ask the holy spirit to help me to understand it to hold it in my heart and then to live by what he says amen yeah so i started reading the bible like i said earlier and then when i when i was reading i carried a bible but i i didn't read it very much how many christians huh they carry a Bible, but they don't read it. There's a difference. What are you doing, just making a show? You think you're going to get some Bible bucks if you show up on Sunday morning? Pastor, Pastor Zach's going to say, Oh, Ethel, you brought your Bible this morning. How many more brought your Bible? Raise your Bibles. Yay! You brought your Bible. Oh, that's so awesome. Hey, hey, Sister Edie, would you, would you give every person two Bible bucks each? And then after the service, we'll go back to the Bible book store and, and you get a prize. Because you brought your Bible today. What in the world? What good is that gonna do to bring your Bible? You some of you, your Bible's big enough to choke a moose, but you carry that thing anyway, right? Huh? And then oh, it ain't gonna do you no good if you don't read it. Yeah. Well, I don't understand it. Well, you got the Elizabethan, you know, style, whatever. Come on. I just got me a new Bible. My son bought it for me. The Passion Version. It's amazing. I love that version. Uh, Get a version you can read, man. I have the King James Version right beside it. Don't I? She sees my my mom staying at my house right now. And I have on my, I I read, you know, read my Bible all the time. But I have my King James Version sitting there. And then I have my, my, another version. Because, I'll read it, but I'm always going back to the King James, you know. Right. And, uh, but sometimes these other versions will help you understand it better. But read your Bible. When I started reading that Bible, and I read that Jesus said um, that you're going to do the same things that I do. And even greater works than these because I go to my father. I thought, I'm not doing any of those works. Jesus healed people. Right. Jesus cast devils out of people. Jesus delivered people. He, he did miracles. My phone, right? I thought we shut that off. Did that interrupt the broadcast? Okay. Huh? Well, is it still there? Okay. So anyway, we just had a technical difficulty. Whoever you are trying to call me, stop for a minute. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, and, I, and then Jesus said that uh, those that believe in me are going to do the same things that I do. Okay, so I'm thinking I'm not doing any of that stuff. I've never seen anybody get healed. I've laid my hands on people to, and prayed for them, and i never seen anybody get healed. I, I never cast the devil out. I was one that was running from them, <laughs> you know, right? Because I didn't take the word literally. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you, right? We shouldn't be running from the devil. Oh, the devil's been after me again. Really? Well, why don't you turn around and tell him, go back to hell where you came from. Take that sickness and go, man. Get out of here. Don't you know the greater one is inside of me? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. The Bible says Satan's the god of this world. And if you don't serve Jesus Christ, you're serving the devil. You're a child of darkness, man. Right? Huh? You need Jesus. You need to give your life to Jesus. Amen. He loves you. He died for you. But I didn't see any of that stuff happening in my life. And so I started getting hungry. Huh? I thought myself, now wait a minute. This Bible was written, this was, was Jesus' last will and testament. <laughs> he left this for us. This is our guideline to go by. This is God himself speaking to you. All right? Well, Linda, I came in your meeting tonight, and I need a word from the Lord. I'll give you a word from the Lord right here. Go read it. And let God speak to you. Amen. I, listen, I'll move in the, in the gifts of the Spirit. But as God wills, you think you're going to come here and get a word from the Lord? Unless God gives me a word, I ain't giving it, man. (laughs) You know, you want me to pull something out of the hat? Well, wait a minute. Let me reach down here in my pocket and get you a word. No, I'll give you a word. Here's your word. Read your Bible. Read the Bible, and God will speak to you. Amen? So i never seen any of that stuff happen, and the more I read that Bible, the hungrier I got. Because I thought, I've been sitting in the church all my life. And I'll tell you, I'm not seeing anything. And it gets boring. It is boring. No wonder people don't want to show up to church, huh? I mean, Prices is Right can be more exciting than a church service sometimes, huh? And listen, especially if you don't come expecting, especially when you come with a religious mindset and when the Holy Spirit does start moving and Sister Bertha falls off her chair laughing uncontrollably because she's getting touched by God, and you look at that and you thought, you couldn't pay me to act like that. You, know, you got people doing that. They're in a Holy Ghost meeting. They're sitting there all dignified. They look like they've been baptized in lemon juice, and they look at somebody getting touched by God, truly getting touched by God, and they say, "You couldn't pay me to act like that." Well, Miss Dignified, let me tell you something. When God touches you, you'll do it for free. Amen. Amen. <laughs> How hungry are you tonight? Amen. Amen. What do, you, what do you think in Acts chapter two? What do you think those drunk? They thought they were drunk, didn't they? Right? Huh? They thought they were drunk. How do drunk people act? Huh? Act, act. <laughs> How do drunk people act? I, I, I imagine they're falling off their bar stools, right, Mom? Huh? How do drunk people act? They, they probably falling off their bar stools. There went Sister Bertha. She just fell off, off her chair in church. Huh? Yeah. Sister Bertha just fell off. She got drunk in the spirit. She just fell off her chair. She just fell off her, her uh, the chair in church, right? <laughs> right? In Acts, people either read the Bible and believe it or just close, close it up and just go down to the local bar because you're going to need it. If you can't take God at his word, if you cannot read this Bible and believe it, literally believe it it's not a fable it's not a fairy tale this is real amen read it so I got really hungry for God I I wanted I wanted to see people healed I genuinely did I didn't just want to be some Holy Ghost Rambo running around oh I got the power you know oh don't touch me I'm anointed you know you know oh oh don't touch my hands oh don't let anything happen to these these are anointed. You know, no, I didn't want to walk around like that. I'm a Holy Ghost Rambo. Don't get near me. You know, you might contaminate me. I had the heart of God. I truly wanted to see. I got tired of seeing sick people, man. I want to see sick people get well. If you don't want to see sick people get well, you got an evil heart, man. Right? Huh? you got an evil heart. I, I wanted to see sick people get healed. I hate seeing people uh, bound up with addictions. There's, it's a terrible, terrible thing. Because that's what Satan does to people. He gets them bound up in addiction. And he steals everything from them. And then ultimately he wants them, go ahead, take that whole bottle of pills. You'll really feel good then. And then they die. He wants to kill you. The devil has nothing good for you. Why would you even want to serve him, man? I wanted to see people get delivered. I wanted to see people get healed. I wanted to see people get saved. That's the greatest miracle of all is to see and to hear someone say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Forgive him, I said. That's the greatest miracle of all. I wanted to see all that. So I really I thought, you know what? I'm gonna take I'm gonna draw the line. I'm gonna go all for God, you know? And, and then I started reading. John said, you know. He said, I baptize you with water, but there's coming one after me whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Ghost in fire. Well, I had been baptized with the Holy Ghost. Now, at this time, when I really started getting hungry, I was already baptized with the Holy Spirit. Okay, I got saved when I was a kid. I uh, got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And this was about 20 years later, after I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. And let me tell you, that experience, I, uh, you know, I thought I needed what they were calling an inner healing, and I don't get into all that stuff, because to me, the Bible says when you get saved, you are a new creation, old things are passed away, behold, all things are new, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, it's a lot about, you know, I don't need somebody going and digging through my past, and and pulling all that junk out, I don't, I'm not into that, if you are, go for it, but I'm not, I'm just saying, so I I went up. I made an appointment with my pastor, and I went up there and um, you know told him I, I had all this turmoil inside of me. I was saved, but how many of you know you can be saved and still have still be full of turmoil, right? So uh, so what happened was uh, the pastor asked me. He goes, "Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit?" And I said, "I don't know because I didn't I didn't know about all that, you know." And he said, well, if you don't know, you haven't been, okay? So I, he said, you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? I said, absolutely, you know? And he told me, he read scriptures in here about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And so he just simply laid his hand on my head and prayed for me to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Well, guess what happened? <laughs> nothing. I felt nothing. I didn't shake. I didn't rattle, I didn't roll, I didn't do anything. But I believed what he said, I believed what the Bible said, okay? And he told me, he goes, you have received the mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, use it or you'll lose it, is what he told That's what he told me. And, and I, you know, he anyway, I left that building, I got in my car and I'm driving home and i was talking out loud to god like i always do you know i talk to god when i'm washing dishes your uh, prayer is 24 hour 24/7 communicating with god prayer is communicating with god okay so i'm talking to god on my way home i'm driving my car and i'm talking out loud to god okay and i'm saying something like oh god you're so chikurama you're so beautiful and I, I i just think you're just a mess. and and all of a sudden these symbols are coming, syllables are coming out of my mouth. And I'm like, they're coming from me, okay? And they weren't coming from here. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Not out of your head, okay? And all of a sudden, and, and I'm so comando, you know, I'm talking, and I'm talking in my English, I'm talking... This prayer language is coming out of me, and uh, so I just, I just let it rip. You know what I'm saying? I just let loose and Shukura uh, Mahado, I bet our attendance is going down on social media right now, right? But that all of a sudden, I received uh, the mighty baptism, and the Holy Spirit was speaking out of me. The, the, the prayer language that God gave me, you know what that is? That is the Holy Spirit inside of you speaking to God, the perfect prayer. Amen. That's what that is. And uh, so anyway, I received tongues. I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But I'm still missing that fire. Um, not, not much changed in my life. And, you know, I did pray in tongues. And and, and Jude says, pray your in the Spirit. Build, that builds you up spiritually. So pray because you don't know what you're praying. Your mind is unfruitful, but your spirit is praying. So anyway, um, I went for another 20 years after that and still a, just a religious person is what I was. And then I started seeking the fire of God because he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So I said, Lord, I want that fire. I want that fire that John the Baptist was talking about. And uh, I want that fire that they received on the day of Pentecost. Cloven tongues of fire sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled and began speaking with other tongues. You know, I want that fire. Jeremiah said, thy word is like a fire. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Well, I was holding it in pretty good. (laughs) I, I was holding it in pretty good. So I just started crying out for the fire of God. I said, God, I want I want everything that you have for me. So anyway, I started going to all these meetings. You know, find a ministry that carries the fire of God. Stop sitting in these dead churches. If you hang around death, that's what you're going to be. I'll just tell it like it is. Go ahead, stone me. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, t- I'm tired. I'm tired of seeing a weak, sick, defeated church. And just no different than it was in the day of of Jesus. The Pharisees, the religious people, you know, trying to hold people back. Buddy, it's time to get your Bible out and read it and believe it. Simply believe. Oh, don't get me started preaching in here tonight. I, I tell you right now, I'm telling you, I could shake some people to their false teeth rattle, I'll tell you. It is just not right. And listen, you're going to have to do this on your own. Don't expect somebody else to stir you up. Don't expect don't don't blame it on somebody else. If you don't get the power of God, it's your fault. I'm telling you right now tonight, how to receive the mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit. How to have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Go where it's at, man. You know, if you can't go somewhere in a car, get find you some TV programs. There's there's a faith broadcasting network on there, full of Holy Ghost filled people that are preaching the the Word of God, and and they'll listen. That's how my quest started. I was flipping through the channels, and I seen um, I seen a pastor on there, a preacher on there, evangelist. He was moving in the power of God. I was seeing people getting healed. I was seeing people getting saved. I was seeing people getting delivered right there on on TV. And I looked at that and I thought, what in the world? And the next thing I knew, I I said, look, come up on the screen. He's going to be in Cincinnati, Ohio for one week. And God knows what you're looking for. Listen, if you seek after the things of God, he's going to give it to you. Amen. When he knows that it's coming from your heart. Listen, God is not going to let you get messed up in something that's wrong. Amen. Stay close to the word of God and seek God. Amen. So I go to Cincinnati. I sit in a week of meetings. Sister Bertha's falling off the chair. There's brother Leo. He's over there speaking in tongues. There's somebody else. I'm, if I'm if that's your name, I'm, I'm not trying to make fun of your name. I'm just calling out names. Okay. And there's somebody else over there laughing uncontrollably. It sounded like a zoo in that place that night. And I wasn't scared because I knew it was in the Bible okay i imagine sitting in a bar it can sound like a zoo in there you know there's probably all kinds of stuff going on in there right getting it's loud it didn't scare me because on the day of pentecost i know it was like that but i was seeing people get touched by god i wanted that i, I was there every all every day two meetings a day for a week didn't receive anything but i didn't get disappointed I did. that made me more hungry, that made me more hungry, don't give up on the brink of your miracle, amen, so I found out this pastor was going to be down in another state, I went down there, I'm telling you, I sat, I'd like to, one day I'll sit down and have to count up all the meetings that I sat in, there must have been 50 of them at least, oh if not more, way more than that, 50 or more meetings I sat in. Hungry. I was so hungry. I would get at those services an hour early. Have you ever seen anybody knocking on the door of the church an hour early to get there so they can get a good seat? Huh? I don't like sitting in the back because I get distracted too easy. I want to be up where the action is. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to get as close as I can to that anointed pastor. Maybe he'll touch me. And maybe I'll receive, you know. So uh, I was so hungry, though. And uh, kept on going to those meetings. And one night, one night I was in a particular meeting. And that was it. I was sitting there. I was, you know, the last man standing. It was me. I mean, I my son, he had been going to meetings with me. And uh, we were carrying that boy out every night. He was so drunk he couldn't even stand up. Drunk in the spirit, yes. You get so full of it's a good drunk, though. It is it is awesome. I mean, you're just filled with him. So we were carrying him out every night. And I was always, I was just the last man standing, you know. And I'm sitting there that night. The pastor was praying for people. Everybody in the building was touched. Everybody but me. Here I am sitting there like a bump on a log, you know. And I, I was like, I think I just had it that night. And I got up out of my seat. I got bold before I got And I got up out of that seat. I walked up to that pastor. And I put my finger in his face. Not disrespectful. But I was adamant about this. And I said, I want that fire. I want that fire that you've been preaching about. I want that fire that I've been reading about in this Bible. And that preacher, he just, he looked at me and he just smiled real big. And I know it was God. Like, this is your night. And he raised his hand. That man didn't even touch me. And the fire of God fell on me. I'm telling you right now, that cloven tongue of fire came on my head that night. Not visibly, but buddy, it felt like I was on fire. I fell down on the floor. And listen, let me tell you, I was a very dignified person. I was one of them, baptizing lemon juice people that you would see, you know. Nobody ever looked at me and said, I want what you got. You know, they knew I was religious, wearing my little dresses all the time. I, and I wear dresses. I don't have nothing against them. But there's churches out there that will kick you out of that meeting if you don't have a dress on. You know what? You can have your meetings like that, man. There's people out there that don't even own Don't get me started on that. Anyway, I was a very religious person, very dignified, you know. So for me to do what I did I was on that floor. I was running in place. I was running around that building. Because listen, I understand that when you're burning up inside that fire of God, you got to run with the fire. You're not going to go out of these four walls and run with the fire, run with the word of God, unless that fire is burning inside of you. That's why you see people running around the building in these meetings. They're not being stupid, they have to run. It's like you're gonna burst inside. It's like you just have to, you have to do something with this, you know? And uh, that's what happened to me that night. And uh, so I left that meeting that night. I'm telling you right now, that was, that was just amazing. That was just the most amazing day. And I left that building that night and I was in another state when this happened. I came back to Ohio the, that, that week. And that particular weekend coming up, I had a meeting um, in a in a Methodist church, and uh, so and and I had I had been in ministry for 20, 20, years, 20 some years, you know, and going around all the denominational churches and singing my Sweet Valley songs, you know, that I don't sing a lot of those anymore. Uh, d- doing my religious thing, you know, I knew the layout of a religious service, and I was doing all that. And I went to this particular church that Sunday. And I, and I had always called people up for prayer, you know. And, uh, but, but secretly inside of me, because that was a religious thing to do, call them up for prayer. And But it, as soon as I would do that, now this was before I got touched by the fire of God. Before I, when i do that, I'd say, inside of me, I'm going, please, Lord, don't let anybody come forward. Because I didn't know what to do. I did not know what to do. I knew how to say a religious prayer, but I didn't I I was just doing the religious structure of a service. I know religious people don't like to hear this stuff. I know they don't. And There's some of you sitting out there and you just think, "Well, you're making fun of my church." No, I'm not. I just want you to be full of faith in the power of God. You're missing out. You're miss if you're just a religious person and Nobody wants what you got. I would almost guarantee nobody has ever come up to you and said, I want what you got. Because most religious people are depressed people. You know, they're just depressed. And I've never walked up to a depressed person and said, I want what you got. Have you? You'd be stupid to do something like that. But you see somebody on fire, full of the joy of the Lord and the peace of God, and you're going you're gonna to want what they got. You're, you're going to want that. But when I went into that Methodist church that day, I I asked people to come forward for prayer. And they did. And when, as I laid my hands on people, they said they felt heat going through their body. And they were, pain left their bodies. People were getting instantly healed of things. I got testimonies later. The very next week, I went to Pennsylvania to a church that I had been to many times. And uh, nothing ever happened. You know, I did... The religious thing that I did and because uh, people love to hear me sing you know they did so this this altar was like a horseshoe and I invited people to come forward for prayer and they lined up and I went over to the first person as soon as I raised my hand to pray for them they dropped right to the ground I and I went to the next person they dropped to the ground every single person dropped to the ground that day there was a lady standing in the back of the church and she was standing there and uh, she said that she had to hold on to the seat because the power of God was so strong in that place that she felt like she was going to fall you see I didn't feel anything I didn't know what happened to me I didn't realize the impact of that encounter with God that night when that fire of God fell on me you see, just like Peter, who had hung out with Jesus, had seen all his miracles, but hanging out with him was not going to do it. He needed his own personal encounter with, Jesus, with God. Amen? Well, I listen, my whole life changed after that. People, I've seen stage four cancers healed. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen the deaf start hearing. I've seen the cripple walk. We've had a lady come out of a wheelchair with MS and start walking. I mean, we've seen miracles, signs, and wonders since I had that encounter with God. Nothing's going to happen until you have that encounter with God. I'm telling you right now, everybody needs their own personal encounter with God. Amen? Just like Peter did. Because then Peter had that boldness. And and since that happened, I mean... I've had, I've had a boldness that I never had before. It's just been amazing. I don't know what time it is right now. But I tell you, I think I've done. I think I've, I've probably maybe overloaded some of you with information. But I want to tell you right now that you need a personal encounter with God. That first encounter with God would be maybe some of you have been watching tonight and you've never even given your life to Jesus. You don't even know this Jesus. I feel like there's probably been people on Periscope tonight, especially, that have made fun of me tonight. You know, you can, you call me names. You know, you maybe said stuff to me. If not now, maybe on a replay. But I know it's going to happen. But I feel that. And maybe that very person, um, you know, tonight, you don't even know Jesus. You don't even know this one that I've been talking about, right? I want to introduce you to him right now. The Bible says that we've all sinned and we've come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, which is eternal separation from God. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the free gift of God is is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible also says that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son into this world to die for you. He didn't send Jesus into this world to condemn you, but to die for you, to take your place. And that blood that Jesus shed was for the removal of your sin. It was for the removal of your sin. The stripes that he bore in his body was for your healing that you need now. You won't need a healing when you get to heaven, because you get a new body. But... Listen, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Right? No man comes to the Father. He said, matter of fact, you can't even come to me unless the Father who sent me draws you, and I'll raise you up at the last day. So, listen, tonight, you may not understand everything, and I want you to go back and watch this replay. Watch every night. Uh, Watch the replays. They're all on Facebook and Periscope. They're on there. Watch them. And uh, because it seems like every night so far, it's just kind of all working together and building, you know. And uh, watch this. But right now, listen, just, just by faith, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, okay? Like that man on the cross beside Jesus. Jesus was There was three crosses, and Jesus was in the middle. And there was a thief on either side of him. And one of them was making fun of Jesus. And the other one, he said, Lord! He called on the name of Jesus. He called on the name of the Lord. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And I just want you to say this out loud with your lips and mean it in your heart. If you mean business with God right now, he means business with you. You feel that tug on on your spirit right now. You feel like... Like, uh, you just need to do this. I want you to say this prayer. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean with the blood of Jesus. Lord, I believe that Jesus is your only son, that he died for me, that he rose from the dead, and that he's coming back again for me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I give my life to you now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person that prayed this prayer with me tonight. I just, I just pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you would, I just plead the blood of Jesus over them, that not one of them will be lost. Amen. Not one of them will be lost on that day when you come back Lord Jesus and I thank you Father I pray for them and I also pray Acts sixteen thirty one that they will be saved and their household Amen. and for any of you tonight that you want to be baptized with the mighty Holy Ghost and fire just like John said that Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire just simply say with me right now and believe that you're going to receive just say dear Lord Jesus baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire. Fill me with your spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I want everything that you have for me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now that there's a mighty baptism of the Holy Ghost happening in people's lives right now. Father to God, that there be in spesigo brande y le so de, labroso, Just let that, just let it flow right now. Just listen, that's a prayer language that God's given you right now. Just let that flow up out of your belly. Tell your head to shut up and just let that prayer language flow out of you right now. In the name of Jesus, receive the mighty baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire. And then listen, if God has touched you tonight, I want you to, to uh, write to us. You know, leave a comment on there. We'll look at the comments later. And uh, if you got something bad to say, just shut your pie hole up. Because you're just going to make me laugh. Just, that's all you're going to do. You don't make me mad. I don't get offended. <laughs> I don't get offended. And you're just going to make me laugh, okay? So, uh, but anyway, listen, I know that God's touching people. Right now, somebody needs a healing in their body. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for your healing power to flow through that, thro- flow right where they're at, Father God, no matter where they're at right now, just touch them, Lord, with your healing power. I curse the seed and the root of every disease and sickness that's in your body right now in the name of Jesus, and by the stripes that Jesus bore on his body, I speak healing into your body right now. Just receive that in Jesus' name. By faith, receive your healing in Jesus' In Jesus' precious holy name, Father, I thank you for your presence. Lord, let them feel your presence right now. Let them feel your presence. You know, you can feel the presence of God. And the more time that you spend with him, the more that you're going to know him. You know, God, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. To a stranger, they won't listen. They hear my voice. They don't listen to strangers. But you can't hear his voice if you don't get to know him. And if you don't, you know, let him speak to you. Speak to him. Let him speak to you. Keep that fire burning, people. You can be, you can get the, you can, there might be somebody laying on the floor right now. Maybe the Holy Ghost just fell upon you. I don't know what's going on. I believe something's happening right now, though, in Jesus' name. And listen, you can be, you can, the fire of God can fall on you right now, tonight. And you start, they start speaking in tongues and just running around the place. And then, Tomorrow you can be a full-blown sin by choices that you make. You have to choose to keep this fire burning, just like Timothy told, uh, or Paul told Timothy. He said, stir up that gift within you that was given by the laying on of my hands at your ordination. He said, stir it up. You stir it up. You stir it up. The only thing stopping you is you. Amen. So make the right choices, people. And I'll tell you right now, hunger is going to get you everything that you want from God. But it's gotta be a pure hunger, it's gotta be true. You gotta be uh, seeking him. You gotta really be seeking him. Amen. And uh, so read your Bible, get your Bible out, this big dust of dust or blow the dust off, right? Right? Blow the dust off. Read your Bible. Get in a spirit filled Holy Ghost church, full gospel, Pentecostal church. Amen. Prayer request for who? Okay, what they, or what they want? We got a prayer request coming in. Anybody got a prayer request? I don't know what happened. My mic but it's like non-existent. The flu for over 21 days and lower extremities are weak and can barely walk. What? The flu? For over 21 oh, days. Oh, let me tell you something. Jesus cursed a fig tree one time. It had leaves on it, but no fruit. And if that tree had leaves, it should have had fruit on it, you know? But Jesus walked by that, side and He said, "I curse that! I curse you! You'll never bear fruit again." And you know what? Well, the next time they walked by that tree, uh, that thing just immediately it just it just dried up and died. And listen, right now in the name of Jesus, and I'm praying for you with the flu. And there's many more people out there that's got the flu. I curse the seed and the root of that flu, and in your body, and I command that stuff to go now in Jesus' name. I pull it up by the roots by the stripes that Jesus bore on his body, he already took that flu on his body. That's not your flu. Are you a Christian tonight? Whoever put that uh, prayer request on there tonight, you need to be, if you're not a Christian, you, uh, I imagine you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, do, read Deuteronomy 28. You're not under the curse anymore. Sickness and disease is under the curse. huh? You've been redeemed. If you are a child of God, if you have Jesus Christ... As your Lord and Savior, you have been redeemed from the curse of the law. That's why Jesus is called your Redeemer. So in the name of Jesus, Father God, from the top of this person's head to the tips of their toes, I release, Lord, your healing power into their body right now in Jesus' name. I release that healing power. I command every bit of that flu and those symptoms to go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, yeah. and Father, I pray for strength that, to come into their body right now. Every bit of this, the, the you know the medicines and stuff that they've been taking, Lord, any kind of damage that's been done to their body from that stuff, Lord, I just ask that you would reverse it right now in Jesus' name. And that that medicine, uh, that medicine, uh, it would only the good things would come out of that medicine. And that rest, go in the name. Of Every bit of damage done to your body, be healed in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now. I thank you, Lord. You said, you said, Father God, that we would pray for the sick and they would recover. That we would lay hands on the sick and they recover. I can't lay hands on you, but I've seen many healings just by telephone, social media. You know, listen, God, He is no respect of person. Listen, He's spirit. He'll be right there with you, right there with you in the name of Jesus. I prayed for a man one time. His sister had stage four cancer and she couldn't come to the me meeting. she was home on her deathbed. And by the time that man got home, matter of fact, on his way home, he received a phone call. That cancer was gone. That woman said, I don't know what happened to me tonight, but I'm feeling great. She went to the doctor that week. He said, there's no trace. You ever had cancer. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh hallelujah is there any more prayer requests on there if you got a prayer request come on Jesus said if two of you on earth agree on anything in my name my father in heaven will give it to you maybe some of you got some addiction problems you got lost loved ones out there come on let's, let's just agree together tonight you know that that, that God's going to touch you he's going to touch them in Jesus name Every bit of those symptoms just go from your body right now. Eardrums open up in Jesus' name. Twenty twenty vision for people in the name of Jesus. Twenty twenty vision in Jesus' name. Eyesight be healed. Ears open up. Prayed for. A, I was praying for a guy, and I, t- I know I told some of these last night, and, but these are just some amazing things that we've seen. This guy come up for prayer in one of my meetings, and um, he had uh, those hearing aids in his ears. And he wanted prayer for his hearing. And uh, so I prayed for him, and then I told him to take the ear things out. He took them out. The guy had perfect hearing. As that was happening, a man sitting on the chair behind him started yelling. He said, I can hear. And I said, what? I I didn't even pray for the guy. But the presence of God, I feel the presence of God right now. You know, when you preach the word, I gave you a lot of the word of God tonight. God says, I watch over my word to perform it. In Jeremiah 1.12, he said, I watch over my word to perform it. He don't watch over your opinion to perform it. I could have got up here and told you everything I know and want to know. and. She knows and he knows and they know. But listen, he don't watch over that. He watches over his word to perform it. One preacher said one time, he said, you know, God don't watch over your opinion to perform it. Opinions are like armpits. Everybody has one and some of them stink. (laughs) Yeah, opinions. So I want to tell you the word of God. I want to get as much of those word in you as I can. Amen. Right? Amen. But anyway, it was the presence of God, and I feel his presence right now. If you've got a prayer request, type it out. Put a comment on there, because we've got people watching the social media right now, and they're telling me what's going on. And uh, some of the things they're not telling me, I'm sure, because I would start laughing uncontrollably, and I'd probably fall off my chair, because you're funny, okay? Yeah, you're funny. But anyway... The guy's sitting on the chair behind this other guy. He starts screaming, I can hear. I said, "What is? What's going on, man? He, he gets up, and he showed me his ear. There was only a big pile, a big wad of skin. There was no, it didn't even look like an ear. You seen it? I wish we would have got him on video. Um, maybe God will cross our paths with him again one day. He said, you don't understand, lady. He said, I can hear out of this ear. And I'm looking at him like, Okay. And he said, there's no hole in this ear. But I'm hearing out of this ear. He said, the doctor is going to say this can't happen. He said, I'm hearing. The guy was ecstatic. And I didn't even lay hands on him. It was the presence of God in the place. Tumors disappearing off people's bodies as I was singing songs. Amen. I think we should do power in the blood. Power in the blood. I don't even know what time it is, but so obviously some of you are still hanging on. Some of you, huh? Nine eleven, is it? Some of you, nine one one, emergency. It's nine eleven. Oh, time. It's not. You know that means emergency, right? Yeah. Oh, but what about Psalm nine one one? What about huh? Isn't there a Psalm nine one one? Huh? Nine one one, or no? Wait, what is it? Is that nine one one? Is it nine one one? 91.1, that's right. 91.1. See, I had to have my, my right hand over there. She was telling me. Psalm 91.1, because it is 9.11 right now. It's 9 o'clock with 11 minutes after that. So nine-one-one says, Psalm 91.1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's something about being in the presence of God, isn't there? Abiding in the presence of God. You're in the secret place. Amen? Everything that you need is in his presence. Oh, hallelujah. Surely I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I'll trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night. Nor of the arrow that flies by day. Nor of the pestilence. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands... They shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I'm going to close out right now with a song, but I want to tell you right now, we're going to be here. If you still have prayer requests, is there any more right now? If you have prayer requests, I want you to to, uh, comment to us. Send me a private message, okay? And, uh, you know, follow us on Facebook, amen? Soul Purpose Ministries, and uh, that's my ministry, Soul Purpose Ministries. I have a soul purpose, and that's souls. (laughs) One purpose, souls. And uh, listen, we're going to be here. You can go ahead and start that. Power in the blood. We're going to be here tomorrow night, continuing with revival. My son, uh, pastor of the River Church here, is going to be uh, bringing the message. and we'll be, He's going to continue in revival. 7 o'clock, right here at the River Church, Coshocton, Ohio. Uh, Thursday night, I'll be back at 7 o'clock. Friday night, I'll be back 7 o'clock. Saturday night, bring your kids. I'll be here. Uh, doing children's church. We have a church just for kids, ages six to twelve. So from six o'clock to seven thirty, bring your kids and uh, let's. We're going to have a church, man. Sunday morning, right? Would you be free from your burden of sin? Come on, sing with me. There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. Come on, sing. There is power, power, wonder-working power. In the blood of the Lamb, there is power, power, wonder-working power. In the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Sin stains are washed in its life giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. Come on, sing with me. Oh, there is power power wonder working power in the blood, in the blood of, the lamb. of the lamb there is power power wonder working power
1: in the precious
0: blood of the lamb would you be free from your burden? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win. There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh there is There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Stir yourself up. As soon as you get up in the morning, buddy, I'm telling you, as soon as you wake up, before you even get out of bed, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, this is going to be a good day, Lord. I thank you. This is a new day, a new beginning. You said that your mercies are new every morning right? You said you'd anoint my head with fresh oil. Listen, just start stirring yourself up. That's one way. Get your Bible out. Read your Bible. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So you have to read your Bible. How are you going to know? You know, like I said earlier, don't just come in to get a prize on Sunday morning because you're carrying your Bible. Read that Bible. Amen. And then uh, talk to your Father in heaven. Amen. Prayer is communicating with God. I'm giving you keys right now to, to staying on fire, to receiving all that God has for you. Praise him in the midst of a storm. Stop whining and crying. God, the word says that God inhabits the praises of his people, not the complaining, okay? Start praising now. Even if you don't feel like it, don't. He already knows what you're going through. He knows how many hairs are on your head or how many hairs used to be on your head. So he knows exactly what you're going through, right? Amen. Cast all your cares on him, all your worries, all your concerns. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Whatsoever things are good and lovely and honest and pure and of a good report, think on those things, man. Stir yourself up. Paul told Timothy, stir up that inner fire within you that was given by the laying on of my hands at your ordination. You, stir it up. You are the one that's stopping you. You can't blame anybody else but you. And nothing is going to happen until you arise and shine and get full of the Holy Ghost and power and go out and fulfill the plan that God has for you. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow night right here at the River Church, 7 o'clock, Thursday night, Friday night, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Right here at the River Church, 212 South 7th Street, rivercashoncton.com. My personal website is spministries.com, spministries.com. Hey, God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow night live from the river.